Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Well, we've got enough f***ing members of staff, haven't we, to do it here. If we don't do well here, we've no chance. Yeah, perfect. Got the feeling of a boardroom table, this, hasn't it? It does, yeah, nice. I like, I've been in a few the, of these. The, the type of place that you would dominate, I would presume. It reminds me of my first one, my first interview, Gainsborough Trinity. Was it just you I and the chairman, in, or was it I went inside, there was a massive table, <laughs> about three times the size of this. <laughs> I was at one end, and the, the two of them were at the other end. What, shouting across yeah. to each other? <laughs> Do you want the job? Yeah. Right, should we get started, Neil? Why not? No, man, this is good have played against him. I've got to be careful, haven't I? I'm sorry and all this. That's a lot of... You've got to die to get three points. Welcome to the Die for Three Points podcast with Neil Warnock and me, David Prutton. Neil, it's a pleasure, first and foremost, to see you in person. I know, it's nice to come up here to the, to the big city, isn't it? <laughs> it always reminds me of... When I managed here, you know, with Palace and QPR, etc. So uh, I used to love walking around London because I, nobody recognised you then. You know? yeah. And I used to sit down, put my glasses on, and <laughs> down Shepherd's Bushway, around in uh, at Shepherd's Market, sorry. Mm. And all the, everybody were foreign. No, there were no English. They were all foreign people coming past in all sorts of shapes, sizes, yeah. and clothes. And it, I just thought it was fascinating. Me Cosmopolitan, people. to say yeah. the least. That's why, why we're here, of course. We're in central London, if you can hear... The traffic going past, or sirens, or whatever the background noise is, I think it adds to the ambience, doesn't it, really? It's, Absolutely. It's yeah. a, th- a feeling of authenticity. This is obviously the first official episode. We had the pilot. What was your take on the reaction to it? Uh, well, Amy liked it, anyhow. She's my daughter, like, she listens to everything. One <laughs> listener there, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really ask people if I'm honest, Dave. I just, mm. I like, I enjoy doing it, and, 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 um, and I just, it's, it fascinates me, social media in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, that people can, so many people watch certain things, you know, yeah. and uh, so, so I have enjoyed it. I enjoy making people laugh, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think life's too too serious at the minute. I think managers are getting too serious. Yeah. You know? So it's, yeah. I think sometimes you've just got to, and I, I've always tried wherever I've been to try and put smiles on faces, really. Has that been the MO, really? I mean, not just, as you say, management, but like you say, being in London when you did work down here, enjoying yourself and meeting people, that's 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 always seemed to be the theme whenever we've spoken. And when we, I've seen the reaction at the live shows as well, people come out with a big beaming smile on their face, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it, I think it's great. My dad used to say to me, you know, when people say... Uh, you must get fed up of having selfies, and it used to be autographs. Now nobody asks you for your autograph now, um, so it, it's selfies, and they always, you know. But my dad used to say, uh, "Son, it's when they stop asking you that's time to worry. Uh, never refuse one." I've, I, I go back to my Sheffield United days with autographs, and I remember waiting outside Sheffield United for a player to get his autograph. I needed one for a collection and uh, I waited till about quarter past six after a game. It was chucking it down with rain. There was rain coming all over my face and the, the chap come out and I said, oh, I won't tell you his name because mm. it's not fair. Can I have your autograph, please? I've been waiting. I'm sorry, son, I'm late. And he ran across the Straight road. Straight past. And away. 
and I've cried my eyes out. I was in short time, I'd only be about eight or nine years old then. And I always thought then, whatever happens, you know, I've never, ever forgot that. And I'll never, ever say no to anybody. The only time I would say no is if I was eating with, with, with Sharon yeah, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder, I'd say, come back later, are mm -hmm. you with me? But other than that, I mean, Sharon's getting to the stage now where, do you want me to take it? Darling, <laughs> you know. Give us a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's amazing that something like that has stuck with you because that is, it's a very formative experience. So would you, with your players as well, if you saw one of them walk past somebody asking for a selfie or a, or, a, yeah. or an autograph and they didn't do that, would, would that be something that you'd pull them up on? I think over the last, I think about 10 years, since Sheffield United, I used to insist that the lads got off and sign a couple of autographs. Mm. But after the Sheffield United, probably about 2011, 12, um, QPR was good with my lads. They mm. were good damn lads when they got off. But I did notice a big change where the big earphones came on, mm. the music, and they went straight off the bus, straight in the dressing room, and the average fan, whereas... Yeah. I used to come off last off the bus and then I used to go round to the fans. Yeah. Uh, some would be, you know, spitting blood dust at me, you know, and all that lot. And uh, I'd always pick on a, um, like at Hillsborough, David, yeah. I always used to pick on a father and son at Hillsborough. <laughs> and I used to say, sorry, you're going to go home unhappy tonight, son, oh. but don't you keep your dad's checker up, won't you? You know, and, uh, and things like that. I used to love that. Yeah. Getting off at Millwall and putting my foot down and... Well, printing straight to the... Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Put my head out, and uh, I think it's on one of my DVDs. Yeah. And I put my head out, and you can hear them. And booty, I go, yeah. well, that weren't very good. That yeah. I expected more than yeah. that, you know. So I, I like the, I, I, like, I do like the rapport uh -huh. of, of uh, the fans, because I was a fan. And, and, I, and I think it's lost a lot now. There's, there's so much now going off that you forget the ordinary fan, and, mm. and I don't. I, I love the ordinary fan. I love signing autographs still for them and, and doing pictures and... Uh, and, and all that because you know that's what it's all about really we, we're not the game wouldn't be anywhere without the fans you're absolutely right and i think we all saw during covid what it was as a spectacle it drops off a, a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cliff, there was a big game at the weekend with Liverpool and Manchester City. Two of the best, I think, going head-to-head -head management and teams you'd look at in the Premier League, if not Europe and the world. Um, what did you make of the game, first and foremost? I thought I didn't think you could take your eyes off the yeah. game. I thought it was a fam what an advert for the Premier League. You know, the best league in the world. You would never get two teams like that. No. And but I have to say, you know what I'm like, David, with referees. I thought that was as good a referee performance as I've ever seen mm -hmm. from Anthony Taylor. I thought he was. I thought he did everything right, me. And yes, I could understand 
both managers having a go because there's so much at stake. But I thought I would have given him 10 out of 10. Mm. The, you mentioned about the two managers. A lot's been made, obviously, of Jurgen Klopp's reaction to a foul not given on one of his players. Uh, and he was very animated, and that's a, probably a nice way of putting it. Mm. He's since come out and apologised for his behaviour towards the officials. It got him a red card, of course, sent him off. Um, now, you've just said you can understand the, the pressure that these men uh, acted under, or performing under, um, given, obviously, how far Liverpool are away from the likes of Manchester City and Arsenal. Can you objectively look at that and, and what does that make you feel is what I'm trying to say. You look at Jurgen Klopp acting like that mm. when, as we well know, we've, we've seen times in your career when you've been quite vocal in your disapproval of what's gone on the pitch. Can you see the damage that that could possibly do given the example that's set? Because you talk about the size of the Premier League, that is yeah. beamed to billions of people yeah. around I mean, the world. The answer is yes, mm. but unless you've been in that situation, you don't understand the pressures that you're under at those crucial moments. And such a game like that, mm. such an important game with two fabulous teams, managers are like, you know, the only thing I would say is if that was Neil Warnock doing what Klopp did mm. or what Pep, Pep's got away with murder for years. So has, so has Jürgen, really. Mm. Um, but if that were Neil Warnock, they'd throw the book at me. Yeah. The FA would, you know, they'd give me probably a six-month banner. So that would be the, the your kind of reputation preceding you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but they're a little bit afraid, the FA, of dealing with the likes of a Klopp and Pep Guardiola, you know, I mean, the number of times I've seen quotes from, you know, I remember Pep. I think it might have been at Liverpool, or saying in the paper that if that had been at the other end, it would have been a different decision type thing. Are you with me? Yeah. Now I remember it when I was at Palace with Chelsea, um, um, Craig Porson. I, no, I remember all the referees. You do. <laughs> and uh, Scott Dan got booked early doors for an innocuous tap. Yeah. And then John Terry cleared one of our lads out. Definite booking. Mm. Five, ten minutes later, he gets up, John Terry, puts his arm around Craig Porson, has a nice, friendly chat with him, mm. no booking. Mm -hmm. And at the end, the, I said to him, look, you've all seen John Terry's tackle. If that was one of my lads, he got booked. Yeah. Cost me about 15 grand. Really? You know, whereas, you know, you just get away with it. If you're in one of the top clubs, they always get away with it. Do you think it. there is a, a, a bit of that, the, the, the kind of big club mentality when it comes to Absolutely. the They're top not end just, of the Premier League? Not just with that. They also get away with decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember at Old Trafford with Sir Alex, we had a, a cert penalty about 75 minutes. Should have been a red card. A lad called Shelton were going through. Clear, kid pulled him down. Mm. Should have been a red card and a penalty, which would have got us back in the team. In the game, I think we were 2-0 down at the time, mm -hmm. something like that. I remember saying to Sir Alex, like after... Um, Lydia Alex, that were a clear penalty, weren't it? He went, you don't get them here, son. Is that what he said? <laughs> you don't and, get them and, here, son. And that's the, the mystique oh, and, and, the, and the formidable force of Alex Ferguson. Oh, and it, I mean, it goes right back to Rob Styles, a referee. When at my first Premier League game at Sheffield United and against Liverpool, mm. winning 1-0, Gerard goes through and uh, Morgan... Oh, sorry about that. Are we all right there? That's why it's live. Don't cut. Don't cut this. Okay. We're punching um, microphones. Then. So he goes. He goes through, and Morgan made a tackle, and he he jumped over his legs, and then shot. The goalie saved it, mm. and he gave a penalty. And he, everybody couldn't work out where he, he gave the penalty for intent. For intent. He, he come on and said he gave it for intent because he meant wow. know, no such thing, Keith Ackett. Wow. But that's what you did. You, you, you have to accept 
that you got away, you get away with murder mm-hmm. when you play against the big teams. The big teams, some of the decisions. You saw the Chelsea thing at Cardiff, yeah. two yards offside. Craig Porson again. I must keep try and keep away from Craig Porson, really. Or, or the other side stuff. of it is, we should get him on and talk to him. <laughs> I'd rather not if you don't mind. Because <laughs> That's it's, pretty categorical. I, because I think probably teenagers and ladies might watch this. I don't want any language coming out. So just to round out the chats with regards to referees. So I've asked you if you can look at it objectively about how it may come across. Given how tough it is, and, and I've seen little bits because my lad's 10, my daughter's 13, they both play football. Uh, and fundamentally, without a referee and official, a game doesn't exist, does it? No. But there's the reports about how from grassroots upwards, there is a certain treatment of referees. It's, it's shocking reading, isn't it? And, and I think the, the irony, of course... There were there was grassroots football cancelled across Merseyside because of um, an attack, wasn't it? On one, yeah, on one of the because of that type yeah. of treatment yeah. of referees. But David, can, they, can you see the, Can you see there's a line from well, you can your, always, what, what Jurgen Klopp does to what someone does on a, on a park on a Sunday morning? Yeah, can you see that? Yeah. yeah, you can always you can always take the line if you want that line. But that's been there since I was a kid. Mm. You you always got that when I was younger. Mm. It's just that now you know everything's blown up and everything's. You know, I've spoken to some of these referee societies that keep coming out of the the, the woodwork, and I'm not a big fan of them either. Mm. And they've got faults, left, right, and centre, but we'll not go into them. Um, but I, th- I think that you can understand them jumping on the bandwagon with that. And Jurgen was wrong to do it, and so was Pep, really. Um, but man- Jurgen has come out and since apologised, hasn't he? Yeah. Press, so Managers well. have been doing yeah. things like that. Uh, it doesn't make it right, mm. but. Unless you've been in that situation, you, you you don't you can't understand it. Somebody watching it on a settee mm. can't understand why he's running down the touchline. Are you with me? Yeah. Why? I mean, Mourinho used to do that, and one or two others. Are you with me? Mm. But you know they do get away with a lot more. Um, but I've refereed Sunday League. Me, I when How I did ref- you find that when I loved it. I did honest day. But I bet I, you were the type of ref where you could have, have a bit of discourse because I'd learned as I got older, and this is not it's nothing other than common sense. Mm. That the ah. The nicer you, you see, are you to the ref, use that word exactly. That's not exactly. in the rules. It's not in the rules at all. But the the ability to have a chat with the man in the middle, yeah. whereas if if you gave him a bit of saying, well, that decision was crap, and he turned around and said, well, any chance you find in your own teammate with a pass, so yeah. they put you very much yeah. back in your place. Yeah. I enjoyed that, and as you, as I got older, it, bizarrely, you got you got a better relationship with you these did. referees. Bizarre, yeah. eh? treat a human like a human being, you get something back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, when my era. Uh, one of the ref, best refs with a lad called Bob Matthewson, and and he used to be like you. You know, I'd, I'd be mouthing off to him, and he'd say, "I bet, I bet you wish you'd made as few mistakes as I've made." <laughs> you know, and and you love so true. You isn't did, it? but I've got to tell you, a few years later, I was saying that referees don't do enough of that. They should mm. talk to players and this, that, and the other, common sense and all that. Long. But what happened is a few referees did. And then they got reported right, okay. by for saying things to players. Or being mean to players. Yeah, no, you know, saying things to players because some players take, take any 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 way they can have a go, they mm. will do. So they got stitched up. So then referees realised that some of them thought we better not get into that really. But my dad was a class one referee, and he always used to say to me, "The best referees are the ones you don't see." Yeah, and he he always. His his un, unwritten rule was common sense, mm-hmm. and they say now there's no common sense. Mike Riley is a robot. 
he has been a robot. He refereed like a robot. I'm sure he could wake up in the morning and whereas everybody else probably watches things, I'm sure he recited the laws of the game. <laughs> um, Which, ironically, not many players and... and, and People no. involved in football could no. actually do. The nuances, the kind of minutiae of it, which is probably where that kind of disparity comes in. But anyway, let's move on from refs. Go on then. Let's move on for this episode. We can we can revisit it in the weeks. I'm to sure come. we will. <laughs> we are coming up to just under a month away is when this season's going to stop. Obviously, the World Cup's going to kick in. So the Premier League's going to stop. The Championship's going to stop. Leagues 1 and League 2 are going to be kind of carrying on through that. The Given the timing of it, because... It's the first time, obviously, that we're going to see a World Cup at this time of year. And injuries that are leading up to it. From an, an English point of view, um, we've seen Rhys James in recent weeks. We've seen Carl Walker. He's a big doubt as well. Coming away from that, Diogo Jota was stretched off the pitch as well at the weekend. Um, it, it's, it seems to be... It could be a precarious time between now and when the season stops. Do you think you're going to see any different approach from players... Are they still going to go hell for leather? Because we're still in the middle of a very exciting Premier League oh, yeah. season, Championship season, aren't we? We are. It's just, a, you know, for example, Harry Kane. Mm. I cannot see Harry Kane going on on the pitch for Tottenham Hotspur without trying mm. 100% score a goal to win a game. Yeah. He's that kind of lad. You might get the odd lad who thinks about is not getting injured, etc. But, mm. I mean, you don't really want them in your squad. You want people who are going to die for you. I mean, Gareth, I think... Die for three points. Gareth done it, yeah, die for three. <laughs> I think Gareth has done as good a job as anybody for that job. I mean, you wouldn't have that job for an old teen China, but him, I think it was ideal for Gareth because I, I didn't think Gareth was a, a league manager, mm. but I felt it was just absolutely right for him with all the young lads around coming, doing what he's done. Uh, and and I, I don't, these like, these international breaks where we have this nation, what they call it, nation's, nation's league. I mean, it's like pre-season friendlies. I used to hate them. Mm. I used to say to Mick Jones and my assistant, oh, God, you take it. You yeah. take them. Because I couldn't get wound up. Whereas a champ, you know, coming into the World Cup, mm. you'll see, I think it's a different ball game. Mm -hmm. mate. But the, the only, I think the only problem Gareth has is not just now, but the last few sort of six, 12 months is the centre-halves. Yeah. I think, I th you know, there's nobody really that's playing. But well. well, so is that a form thing then? Because we've seen these players perform in big tournaments so is, is it literally just form and does it does that then show how even the very best players are affected by confidence and yeah and also i think a manager has faith in you know maguire for example mm. he's always done well for england and so he has faith in him but you know when he's not played for you know all season it's very difficult to go into a, a world cup and expect the best from mm. him you know the only plus for me at the moment is the the performance of gomez Yes, uh, for Liverpool was outstanding, and he has some pace. Mm. And we need we lack a bit of pace, England. Yeah, and I think because we lack pace, it's easier to go with a back three. Yeah, with a five, you know, especially the fullbacks bombing on, it's easier to do that. Whereas I think at times you do have to go to a four. Yeah, and I think Gomez showed the other day, playing with Van Dijk, that if you know that he he can play that role. So I think that's been a big plus for him for for England because. You know, no disrespect to the others, but there's nobody really knocking trees down centre half wise. Mm. I'd be intrigued to see how that actually does pan out. It's wonderful because as you're all listening to this, 
this isn't just thrown together. We do plan, we do prep. We do. Who does? Who does? I can't tell you. They're all they're all faceless people that I, I will give no credit to whatsoever. But there's a wonderful question that we've come up with here. Not a question, it's part of this chat. And yeah. the question is, is whether I have got experience of saving myself for a cup game, which I then said to our lovely producer, Tom, that because, because I needed to be held for leather in every single game, if I'd have told the manager I was saving myself, he'd have probably sent me packing. Yeah. nowhere near a good enough player to say I'm going to pick and choose yeah. when you got your chance you got your chance it was the same with training as well I've got the feeling given the teams that I played against that were your teams it, it would have been the same across the board yeah. train as you play everything that you do from Monday to Friday has got to be exactly the same as it comes when Saturday comes and you go out and you, and you die for those three points Are we? do, do you think that'll still be the case at the very top level now? I'm, I'm, I think there will be the odd one or two uh, every country really mm. when it gets nearer mm. to November when it gets a bit closer, and we're talking about one game away, yeah, and the and, countdowns on, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I, I think you may find one or two pulling out of tackles that they might go in for a week before, <laughs> and and you can't blame them. No. Everybody wants to play in the World well, Cup. That's huge, isn't it? Yeah. For the country, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking I am looking forward to it, but nobody knows how it's going to pan out, Dave, because it's never happened before, has it? No. You know, um, I've always thought that the top level could do with the two weeks, that first two weeks of January. Yes. I've always thought... The break. Yes, mm. they should have a break in, in that a couple of weeks. Because it is... I know people say they get paid for doing it, but it's a long 10 months, week in, week out, for some of the quality that you see nowadays. Uh, the physical, the, the, the sort of quality, the, the, the strength mm. of the fitness that they attain now mm-hmm. um, to maintain that for 10 months. So it, it will. I, I think all the... Fitness guys and uh, will be looking at the World Cup and 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 their own players and they all have stats, don't they? All have stats. I mean, yeah. Fitness guy always used to say to me pre-season, "I think we've done enough gaffer." Mm. And I used to say, "Well, I'm the gaffer. Mm. I do it in my eyes, not not on your stats." Mm-hmm. And we're going to do another run. <laughs> and I said to the lads, "Lads, yeah. he says you've done enough. Yeah. I know you haven't. Yeah. We're going to do one more run, and if you do it in less inside inside sixty seconds." You can go and watch Wimbledon now Brilliant. at one o'clock, or we can do two runs if you don't get up to that time. Yeah. So up to you, lads. Man management. Yeah. The very art of it. And then I used to, then they used to go and watch Wimbledon, whereas a lot of clubs trained in the afternoon as yeah. well. So, and you always got significantly less when that running session started post lunchtime when it was o'clock. two o'clock. Oh. It, was, it was that natural lull. Yeah. In the day, but yeah, that jogs my memory of doing that. Way it, it would, ours would always be right if the goal. Would you have a if, shower if, if, in between? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm a very hygienic fellow. And yeah. then you start up again. I could never understand it, Dave. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not having my lads having a shower. Imagine and then coming and having a warm up. Yeah, ready to go again. And I, I thought they don't, they don't need that. No. I, th- I think mentally. Mm. My lads were better and, and more fitter by being mentally strong, yes. knowing that if they gave me a longer, probably a 20-minute longer mm. session in the morning and they put it in yeah. and then I finished it off myself, that they knew they could go home and, like I say, watch Wimbledon. The, and the great, uh, the great thing with that is as well, because it, it's, it's about bringing that togetherness and whether there was a fall guy, be it the fitness coach or the physio, Right, lads, he's saying you've got to do this, but if you do this for me, you'll do me and we'll get over the line together as a team. Ours was always, if the goalie got in inside a certain time, yeah. you'd be all right. So you'd have everyone around the pitch cheering the goalie through. I mean, bless him, he probably... I'm, I'm, I'm In my head, and he, he, was, he was never my goalkeeper, but I'm picturing Paddy Kenny bursting round a, a running track with likes of Michael Brown and Tongi, people like screaming for him to get in. If he got in, that covered the basis for everyone. And again, it goes back to what you said, it sows the seed... And people might think it's a bit of a stretch, but 
doing that in a, on a baking hot day in July is the same as everyone clubbing together halfway through a game in January when it's Correct. chucking it down and there's yeah. points at stake when you've got to go out there to really make sure you get over the line. See, what, you, what you're saying is, for me, the art of management mm. still is in, in the year 2022. I think 95% of man management, successful man management, is man management. Mm-hmm. I said about management. Is man management. Mm. There's no diplomas for man management. You get a diploma for your te- technical stuff and your tactics and all this. Formation. Yeah. <laughs> but, but man management, you can't put a price on that. You can't, you can't put into a, a, a course. Mm. You know, they get a degree now, don't they? A diploma. And you can't put that into that. And, and it doesn't matter what level you are. It's just as hard to motivate your top-class internationals than it is on the non-league scene. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I managed at Gainsborough like I managed at, at Cardiff, yeah. with me. The same principles at, at there. You try and look. You don't, you don't go to a club and decide, I'm going to play this way. Yeah. You go to a club, you look at what you have in that dressing room, what ability you've got, what players you've got, and then you design a system to suit that. Mm-hmm. It, a lot of people get, it's only like basic coaching, Dave. Basic coaching, when I watch a Sunday league or anything else, and I look at coaches, they've got, a, they've got a piece of paper up here, and they go A, B, C, and we finish at D. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're coaching at any level, when you start off at level A, and you coach at level A, you don't go on to level B mm. until you've succeeded at yeah. A. So if you improve one the player in that session, that's coaching. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot go carry on A, B, C, and finish at that, and and that's not coaching for mm. me. It's getting a little bit, making the player improve in a little bit in your session, mm-hmm. every session. That's what I've tried to do, really, all, all the way through. Speaking of man management, my job with this is to manage... Us, manage you, um, keep you interested, keep you intrigued, keep you enthused. Um, I think that's about it for today. How, we, how have you found it, our first in-person chat? It's nice. I think when you have, you know, when you've retired a little bit or, or what have you in your thoughts, um, you know, I, I keep saying to people, I, I can't come out of retirement till February, March time because mm. it's too long a year for me yeah. coming at this time of the year. Yeah. But February, March, about 20, 15 After hibernation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I've enjoyed it. I enjoy... I mean, we haven't planned. I know you're the organiser. Thank goodness. We have. To, I do need. I'm taking full credit for that. Yeah, yeah. I do need organising. <laughs> um, but it's amazing what comes back in talks that we've not planned. Are you with me? Absolutely. No, I think that's what cuff. I like about this mm. this podcast. I I have enjoyed it. I never thought I'd ever do podcasts or Twitter or things like that. Mm. And I have enjoyed it, if I'm honest. Well, it's good to hear, and we've got plenty of things to talk about in the coming weeks. Plenty of special guests, but. Just thanks again, Neil. It's great to see you. Uh, Right, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, leave your comments. We'll read the best ones out, of course. We're all here for constructive criticism and unadulterated praise. So thanks for joining us on Die for Three Points, and we shall see you again next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.